Listen. Welcome to NVC IGN's Nintendo show, Nintendo Voice Chat. I am Casey DeFridis, and I am here with Brian Altano. Brap, brap. Harry Snyder. Das brappen. And Tom Marks. I, I got nothing. I'm not Zachary. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know, uh, so Zachary Ryan is actually gone this week as well. Uh, he got his wisdom teeth removed. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. He's not feeling too hot, so he is not here. But we got Tom. That's great. Yep. That's right. And, also and I have my wisdom teeth. Nice. Yeah. Me oh, too. Oh, wow. That's right. You do have your wisdom teeth. Yep. I do not have my wisdom teeth. Um, my mouth is too small. I wisdom. feel like sharks got it right. Like I want yeah. them as a spare just in case another one gets knocked out. So is that fun a thing? fact, yeah. wisdom teeth are here as an evolutionary thing so that when you were supposed to lose your teeth, after not brushing your teeth in the wilderness, they would replace them. And you oh, can still eat. see? But now we have dental care, so we don't need that anymore. This is a weird show so, so far. Anyway, some, some <laughs> housekeeping the more you learn. besides oral dentistry history. Mm-hmm. Um, so we announced last week that the show is going audio only uh, starting next week. And there's been a lot of questions and conversation around that. And we just wanted to address that and kind of answer some of your questions. Ryan, I know you have... Like, kind of talked about this before. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you know, like, we we love video here at IGN. I'm a video host. Video games have video in the title, so video is an important (laughs) initiative for us here. Um, We are currently working on a bunch of new video products, which we're really proud of. One of them I'm specifically proud of because I'm working on it, and that means I like it better than the other stuff. Um, (laughs) But uh, this show is going to be audio moving forward, and that is probably making some of you go, like, that sucks. I watch on YouTube every week. I totally understand that. I implore you to give us a chance. Stick with us. If you watch on YouTube all the time, like there's going to be some hiccups where you're like, you know, I used to see your faces and like make fun of what you wore and say that you look like video game characters. <laughs> you can still do that. You can go to all of our other videos and all of our other comment sections and do that. But NVC on YouTube will be an audio show with a static image. But I think it's going to get really good. And so I really hope you stick with us. Um, if you give us a few weeks and you don't like where it is, that's fine if you dip out. But give us a chance. I honestly think that audio shows have a tendency to be a little bit more like loose. Yeah. yeah. This studio has a kind of an ability to kind of constrict. It's it's very professional. It's not as, it's not as comfy. I, I, yeah. I never yeah. feel as comfortable. But I mean, look, our our podcast shows were audio shows for many many years and that's how they got popular right and uh we recently um started uh syndicating the audio to new platforms as well uh, new listening services and uh that's where most of the audience for these Mm -hmm. shows sit and you know our we're really really happy that people discovered us on youtube but we're out of we're out of production resources and studio resources and it keeps us from from creating some new content and i feel like there's more nintendo news and more nintendo stuff to talk about than just via weekly show format yeah. so hopefully hopefully you'll get some more content that you like and I, not just lose this beautiful face that yeah that one specifically <laughs> is gonna hurt yeah. to not see um i i will also add uh personally i'm like a and always have been a huge champion for smaller indie games on Switch, on 3DS, and everything else. Um, And so I'm workshopping other ways to bring those games visually to the forefront for our audience to find because it would be... It would break my heart like if, if we couldn't find a way to connect those games with the big audience that IGN has. Yep. And so through other shows, through other means, through other features, I will be working on that specifically. And I know, Tom, that's that's your jam, too. So, yep. um, yeah, keep it locked, as they say. So, like, if you watch the show on YouTube, pull out your Switch, play video games while you're listening. Um, if you like, if if you find yourself maybe gravitating towards iTunes or a podcast player and it's you want to listen on, on your Spotify. Commute, yeah, yeah so. exactly. So, 
all of those things, like it seems tough right now. I think it's going to be awesome. I think the show is going to get better for it because it's going to feel less stuffy and more fun. And with that, we will transition to what I think is some incredibly awesome news for the show. And I think you will as well. Casey, take it away. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, so you probably noticed that I've been hosting the show for the past couple of weeks. And that was us kind of transitioning into me being host. Hello, I am the new NBC host. Yay. Going Yay. Thanks, guys. What's your name? My name is Casey DeFritis. What's up, Casey? I'm on the Wiki's team. <laughs> and also because I'm on the Wiki's team, sometimes they get really busy. So be, from, the only reason I'm able to do this is because of the support of my co-hosts, like uh, Brian, Zach, Pear, Tom, Alex Osborne, Dan Parker. It's like a ton of people are making this able to happen for me, and I really appreciate it. And I hope that you stick with it and still like the show and like me and everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, we'll, you know, when things get too crazy for you, uh, we'll they, do what we did in the past. We'll, yeah. you know, Zach will hop on, I'll hop mm -hmm. on, Per will hop on, Tom, you can hop on, everybody can do it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and when so. there's big stuff, you know, don't, don't think you're not going to see us again or the NVC uh, brand again. You know, there will be E3, there will be live shows, mm -hmm. um, sometimes in our office, sometimes in different locations. Mm -hmm. uh, we're actually doing, doing some stuff in the office, not with NVC this week. So, you know, this, this is not goodbye. Yeah. yeah, and I implore you, we are not going anywhere. Please reach out to us on Twitter. Go to our Nintendo uh, podcast forums on Facebook. We are there all the time and chatting, so let us know what you think and if you have any opinions. Yeah, we're all really active in there, so mm -hmm. go check that out. Yeah, and I know I, I lurk more often than I reply, but I read a lot of stuff in there. So, <laughs> <laughs> But um, anyway, moving on, um, on March 3rd, this past Sunday, it was the Nintendo Switch's second birthday. Woohoo! Yay! More good happy news. Happy second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, happy second anniversary. Yeah. Birthday. That went quick. That, yeah, that really, it? really, really it did, fast. Yeah. Yeah. That really brought a lot of joy to my heart, by the way, thinking about that first weekend when I got the Switch and the fact that that was so intrinsically connected and synonymous with our first experiences with one of the greatest video games ever made, which is Breath of the Wild. And like, it's impossible to separate those two things. And I remember that first weekend, me and like 15 other people at IGN ordered our Nintendo Switches through Amazon for day and date delivery instead of going to a store and getting a console like the olden days where like, yeah. they're going to bring them right to the office. And like three or four people's switches showed up to the office and like 30 people's switches got delayed. Oh. Mm -hmm. And so mine kept getting kicked around. And I went home that Friday night and I got a, a like basically an email from Amazon saying it wasn't going to show up until Monday. And I was so miserable. And I tweeted about how sad I was that I didn't have my Switch, which is such a first world problem, I know. <laughs> but Jared Petty, friend of the show, former like IGN editor, uh, said, hey, I screwed up and I ordered two Switches. Yeah. Do you want to come up and pick mine up and pay me for it? And uh, then you'll have a Switch tonight. And I was like, yes! yes! And so I got in my car, drove like 45 minutes to his house, and his wife was there, and she handed me a Nintendo Switch. And I went home, and I played Switch all weekend, and it was the damn best. So <laughs> thank you, Jared. Yeah. Screw you, Amazon. <laughs> so I was actually here when they did the original Switch, when they did that big presentation and showed yeah. Breath of the Wild for the first yeah. time. That was my first week in the office, actually. Oh, my God. And I immediately, it was up for pre-order, like, right after that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I live with, like, everyone else. Like, I know we got news articles to write, but also I have to pre-order Switch. That's um. right. Yeah, we were all in the room. It was yeah. during the reveal event in January. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I hosted the NVC, like, post-show. 
And I think on the show, Per and I had our laptops. Oh, yeah. And we were like, what were you saying? What was yeah. that? <laughs> I was like, and, and, pre- I, and I was like, got it. Yes. I think I ordered three, two yeah. of which oh, were man. delayed. Well, you and I had like, yeah. we came out of like Amiibo era, yeah. like terrified, an NES classic era, all that uh, of like thinking there's no way in hell we're going to get this. Exactly. We're going to have to camp out for this thing. And we all got lucky. I think I ordered like four different switches, <laughs> canceled yeah. them all and just and kept I, Amazon. This is, this is really funny to hear these experiences because I was working working at PC Gamer at the time. And so I wasn't totally, like I knew I was going to get a Switch, but I was like, maybe I'll put it off because I was one of those people who was also like, launch lineup's not huge. Like maybe I'll just wait a little bit. And then at 9.30 p.m. the day before launch, I was like, I'm going to go to a Best Buy. And I like waited in line at a Best Buy for like two hours, got in at the midnight opening mm-hmm. and just got a Switch and walked home and was like, great, cool, well, done. Here, yeah, here's the thing. That's where I got my be- my Switch was from Best Buy. Yeah. I had like plenty of pre-orders available and I just like pre-ordered it from Best Buy and then I went to the midnight launch by myself and got a poster. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe, but to <laughs> your point, like I couldn't believe how like just walking up two hours before the store opened oh. and just getting one was even possible. Because I also remember camping out from... I think I went to get my Wii at, like, I started camping out at, like, noon the day before when the Wii came out, right? That one was bad. It's also, like, when you were working at PC Gamer in, like, 2017 or whatever, you would have never known that all the games you were covering would become the biggest games (laughs) on Switch in 2019. (laughs) Right. That's pretty funny. That turned out to be this whole big loop where it was, like, this big home for indie games. So, yeah, it was just, like, so monumentous to go in for that system, especially after covering the Wii U for so many years, which like was a fun system to cover and had a lot of really great games, but ultimately kind of collapsed upon itself and yeah. didn't truly connect with an audience. And it know? didn't like its promise just didn't didn't come true, right? Like that promise of TVs in the US do, you know, keep on playing. It's like I, in my living room, I was too far away from the base station. It disconnected even. When, right? when Reggie announced he was retiring, uh, my co-host Max Golo and I went and watched his first presentation at E3 for the Wii U. Mm-hmm. And they ran that pitch video of all the things that it could could do. And so few of those things came true. Yeah. And it's like uh, – and also much of the software in that, in that demo was like tech stuff, you know, that mm-hmm. never, really, never really happened. And I feel like the Switch, when we heard about it, it is – it's completely delivered on everything it's promised and more. I've been to zero rooftop parties. How dare you? That's your own choice. <laughs> That's I, fair. But I've, you're right. You're right. The promise of console quality on the go also is just true. That mm-hmm. just came true. They didn't have it in the uh, in the video, but I did play Mario Kart in multiple airplanes already. So, yeah. I've you played know. it on a train with strangers. Yeah. I played – um, Smash Ultimate at an airport with GameCube controllers. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, that's amazing. <laughs> I was like, I can't play this game without GameCube controllers. Hooked it all up, like had it like leaning on our suitcases. That's dedication. Oh, that, that is so awesome. <laughs> so was was that your your favorite memory related to Switch? Yeah, I think. I mean that that whole first that whole first week was so cool. Like I I, I would say that like the the it still hasn't gotten old to me like the novel idea of snapping on and off the Joy-Con and that yep. clicking noise, you know, that that snap noise. And like playing multiplayer games like that, playing Breath of the Wild and then immediately jumping over to a bunch of like there was a there was a bunch of really cool smaller games out at the time. There was Shovel Knight, there was uh, yep. Fast RMX, um there was I'm trying to think of more. There was one two switch which is the one I've actively tried to forget the hardest. Mm-hmm. I think the the world has as was well. Snipperclips was Snipperclips, yeah. right? Which yep. was like totally I think, like, defined what that system was trying to do. It was bringing people together 
and each one of them gets a Joy-Con, and they get to do play mm-hmm. weird things and cut each other up. The game so, made me cry laughing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so do you, do you remember the Nintendo event like right before the launch where we got to hold the system for the first time? I found a picture of that uh, where you and me and Max Scoville are sitting at this like fake diner yep. that Nintendo set Oh, yeah, up, yeah. And we're holding Joy-Cons, and they, we all look like really weird and confused. <laughs> yeah, there was, there, was, uh, there, there was that one. That was the kind of public launch event. Then there was yeah. like a smaller one where I think journalists got to try them out for the first time. Maybe it was, right. uh, was it attached to the escape room or something? I forgot what it was. But it's like I remember very distinctly picking up the system going, it feels good. Like the the quality of the build was so different from the Wii U. If you haven't touched a Wii U in a while, pick up the tablet. Yep. Pick it up. It is shiny, plasticky. It feels weird. It feels it's like heavy. And then you touch the the material, the the switch, it feels like it's a little porous. It like it feels like a piece of consumer electronic, like a, a real device. Yeah. You know? The Wii U the Wii U gamepad is really funny too because I lo- I loved my Wii U. Like I, I did really too. did like it. I really liked the ta- like the gamepad. I liked all the the one v four stuff in Nintendo Land and things. Oh, that like was good. That. Yeah. Uh, and I really liked the shape of the gamepad and the way it held <laughs> and the way it was. And then I got my Switch and I played the Switch for like a week and then I went back and picked up the gamepad and was like, Oh no! Like, <laughs> I, like, what was I thinking? Dude, I yes. did a weird thing I, over I was the weekend. Happy with it until right? the Switch. Uh, yeah. My wife and I have been playing New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, and we just found all the gold coins, and so we're like, we beat it, we moved on. And she was like, "What? Where's the Where's the one with the cats?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's on Nintendo Wii U." <laughs> and I had this weird idea. I'm like, I'm gonna drag my Wii U out of retirement in honor of the two year anniversary of the Switch. Hook it back up to my big TV, and like. Try to reconnect with what that system was, well, and it's it's got Pikmin and Wind Waker got, on it. All that so stuff. much yeah. on there that it still does better than Switch. There's dedicated folders. There's dozens of virtual console games, Pikmin, Wind Waker. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I noticed immediately was just how snappy the Switch is at doing everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You turn on your Wii U and it's like four minutes, and then it just plays this like nightmare music. <laughs> While like all these tiny people walk around on top of your TV and they're just like, bah, 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 bah. like I'm playing WarioWare, and you're like, okay, what's going on here? I I, th- I thought that was Star Maker, but, but the system too. wasn't like I I remember like I rebooted the system the other day and I turned it on with the gamepad and then like wait where's what where's the, oh you gotta switch the screens because yeah. the menu is on the TV yeah. and I hadn't mm-hmm. and I hadn't turned off the on the TV right yep. like it was so clunky yeah. in, in many ways but it had a lot of really good games hopefully they'll all come to switch there was also some weird stuff around the switch launch like there was the left joy-con drifting issues mm-hmm. there was uh you know um, I think people hadn't really seen like this the the bend on on the switches yet but a couple people already had that right out the box yeah um and for the most part those things turned out to be not really widespread luckily but there but- was we were we were worried there for a minute. I am still a little worried as we get as the Switch gets older and reaches more birthdays because I, I still love my Switch and it's still holding up all right. But there are more and more of these little quality of life problems that are cropping up. Like yeah. Joy-Con, like my left Joy-Con doesn't click on and off anymore. It just kind of stays there. Yep. Or I know a lot of people have left Joy-Cons where occasionally it'll like drift up like the joystick has been hit up but you haven't hit it that way i have one that drifts left right yeah mm-hmm. and there's like a bunch of like there's these little things kickstands falling off right yeah the, er- the early yeah. pro controllers also have lots of issues right. with d-pad d-pad left and right and, yeah. and if, I'm, if you play tetris you know what i mean I i'm still loving the switch and i'm still yeah. so excited that like i never i don't want it to end i want this train to keep going and them to keep up their momentum yeah. but i'm a little nervous if because my wii u gamepad is still 
fine, right? Mm-hmm. Like my Wii U gamepad lives and will I feel like I could drop it under a bus and yeah. it would probably be I've okay. I dropped my Nintendo 64 down the stairs twice and it still <laughs> works. Right, right. <laughs> I would those bring old it, systems. Yeah. Well, luckily there will be another Switch upgrade out by the end of the year and then you have <laughs> yeah. to upgrade anyway. Right. You don't have to worry about it. I don't know. I, it's just so funny to be the idea of you being like, well, time to bring my <laughs> Nintendo 64 upstairs again. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look. I was like 11. Oh, I was okay. much that, smaller. That makes I had sense. many stairs to encounter to get it <laughs> to my next door neighbor's house, which also had stairs. There are a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Plus, if I know the experience you're talking about, you're probably not just carrying the 64. You're carrying the 64 and three controllers and yeah, two and all games, the games and a rumble yeah. pad. And I'm and like, I can do this. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. The Switch is definitely one of the more, like the build quality is phenomenal, but in terms of like Nintendo stuff, it feels less toyetic and because of that, it feels less durable. Mm-hmm. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's in the Nintendo World Store in New York City, there's a Game Boy running Tetris that literally survived bombings in the Iraq war. Yeah. And yeah. it's like the entire front end of it is blown out and it's like, you know, more brown and green than usual. <laughs> and it's got burn marks and stuff and it's running Tetris. Oh my god. I feel like the Switch, like when you, you plug in your Joy-Con too many times, it just gets loose and or, tired. Or you <laughs> put the little straps on the Joy-Con. Like that that mechanism was designed by the devil. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like the, you know, like how you can't hit a button to smoothly slide it off. Yeah. You have to go like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, the you, first night I brought that Switch home and I tried to put the attachments on, I was like, oh, I already ruined my Switch in the first night. The Joy-Con like, grips, right? Do you remember yeah. like standing there and trying to take one off and being like oh, almost no. in tears and you're like, it's over. <laughs> you saw, I saw something you posted in the NVC group where you were like, oh, I had to read, like, I had to watch like a like weird Swedish YouTube video on how to like fix that. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Ah, yes. Dangerous times. I will say that it was um, buying games on that store was so immediately gratifying. And that is a that is an addiction that has not gone away. (laughs) Do you you have you like me? You have many, 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 many rows of games. Yes. On your switch. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where I was out of save space, too. I had to like delete stuff. Because the the core system was just full with saves. I did the same thing, yeah. And I was um I I upgraded to the four hundred gigabyte card recently because those yep. at launch those were too. like as expensive as a switch. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were really now, pricey. You, now you can get them for like sixty dollars. Yeah, anything? I think like I got when mine for sale. like eighty eight or ninety ninety five yeah. or something, yeah. but they're like seventy or eighty bucks now, which mm-hmm. is great. I do love that the system supports hoarder mentality by mm-hmm. showing you all the icons of yep. everything you have, even if it's uh, if you need to re-download mm-hmm. it. It's it's a it's a really really simple really good UI like yeah. it's so fast and two years later they've kept it pretty light on features and bloat and I think that's completely intentional because it's so it's as snappy and quick and responsive as it's ever I, been. I turned on my 3ds which I had customized with badges and Me I'm too. like holy hell you yeah. know it's just like yeah. there's like the Majora's Mask moon next to Mario jumping and I'm like I don't know where my games are so <laughs> it's chaos. You can go it is complete it's so- self made chaos but it's chaos. So we all love the Switch. It was wonderful. It's great. It's still wonderful. We're still playing it. But there's some things going on that make me think that the 3DS is on death's door. Oh, that's because Kirby came out. Well, there's a lot of things. Also, so Pokemon, Fire Emblem, Animal Crossing, a 2D Zelda, and Monster Hunter are all on Switch now, which used to be really big 3DS sellers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, as Tom Tom wrote an article, like, why is uh, Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn not on the Switch? Why is yeah, it only on the no 3DS? Yeah, makes no sense to me. And 
so can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I I got to play Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn over the weekend and I, I, on my 3DS, which I literally had to find in a bin and then was like, oh, wait, I need the charger too. And like it was this whole to do. But that's that's on me, not not the game. That's a U.S. bin, not a U.K. bin. You didn't put it in the trash yes, can. Yes, it was not right? literally okay, in the good, trash good. can. <laughs> I was worried for a second. But Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn, just to start this off, still a great game. Yeah. Really fun platformer, really adorable, very cute. Not like a traditional Kirby game, but Kirby games have never, like, are they experiment, they do weird mm-hmm. things, so this game was in line with that. This was originally a Nintendo Wii game. Yeah. Yes, it was a Wii game that came out in 2011? Yes. 2010? No, I think it's, it's 2011. I remember playing it in my dorm room that looked like a jail cell, so. Okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, I won't go into that anymore. But the thing that struck me about this is it's still good. It's a good port. They added some new things. There's a DDD and a Meta Knight mode that are like not huge, but they're amusing. They added these new powers that make an easy game even easier, but it's like they're cute and fun. Um, the thing that struck me is there is no reason this game should be on 3DS. Like the the uh. well, well, okay, no no reason that made sense to me fully because and I'll li- I'll list as a it consumer off. As, as, as someone as, yes. who owns the 3DS and the Switch. Yes, Nintendo yeah. from Nintendo's perspective, maybe there are reasons, but from somebody just wanting to buy this game, there's no 3D support. It doesn't really use the 2D at all, or the, or excuse me, the second screen at all. Like, there's mm-hmm. little things here and there, and it uses a touchscreen for, like, the decorate your room thing, but that's it. It doesn't use it in any real creative or significant way. Uh, the resolution has been reduced because the Wii went from 480p, and the, the 3DS, even the new 3DS, is a 240p uh. screen, which is hilarious Whoa. in 2019. Mm-hmm. And then there's no co-op anymore, which was like a key part. Like I loved the co-op in this game. That's right. There's zero co-op. And also they added Amiibo support for the extra Epic Yarn version. But if you have, like me, only an original or an older 3DS, you don't have a new 3DS and you don't have the Amiibo dongle, you just can't use the Amiibo support. Because the old the original 3ds's didn't have it because amiibos didn't exist at right, the time. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, so it's just missing all these things where that entire list, if this game was a Switch game, would just not be an issue. Like none of those. It things would all be on. there, and they'd probably add a little bit more extra stuff to it, right? Right, yeah. and and I understand that, like, you know, one of the things that came up a lot in the comments, and and I talked to you about this actually, mm-hmm. pair as well. Uh, the idea that Nintendo probably didn't want to remaster a 480p game up to the Switch's 720 or higher than that on TV, if you they would have, that way. They would have had to redo all the art. Right, yeah. they would have had to do that. You have to mocap all the original yarn. Yes, you have to <laughs> throw a lot of yarn around. But kind of my response to that was always like, well, it looks worse on the 3DS anyway. Because yeah. they had to lower, they had to cut the resolution in half, so it still looks muddy and it doesn't look... Like, you can literally look at comparisons on YouTube between the Wii version and this version, and it looks worse than the mm. Wii version, which is a hilarious thing to say when they took the effort to port an eight-year-old game to a nine-year-old system or whatever it is, nine-year-old game to an eight-year-old, whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah. Also it's about crazy. It, it could have been fall 2010. But I think it. I think it came out in 2010. And then See, the th- when oh, it, no. when this yes. show is audio only, I'll have a laptop right here, and you I'll be typing the whole you. time, like, looking when it up. Did going, Casey go to college? Oh, actually, I recall it being <laughs> two, no. 2010. Okay, uh, I, I guess like the crux of what you're saying is like you don't want this thing to. It's not like why is this on 3ds, but why is this like only on 3ds? Yeah, mm-hmm. like because this version would be fine if there was also a Switch version. That exactly. Had that thing, like, exactly. Yeah, we understand mm-hmm. Nintendo doesn't want it, so I'm going to say this. We think Nintendo doesn't want to leave behind its 3DS players, but 
considering what it's doing with all of its other games. Can I even really truthfully say that? Mm -hmm. Right. And if it came out on both, they wouldn't be leaving anyone behind because both people would get what they wanted. But like you guys said, they would have to put in the extra work to then upscale all of the graphics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they... Who, who was it you saying or no I think it was Sam that was saying like maybe they just have like an intern team that they train by like teaching them how to make 3DS games and it's like <laughs> that's really mean but like it's like I just don't fully understand why like why they're doing this with like Luigi's Mansion too they like ported it over and is it just I guess it's just easier and it's like yeah. a quick thing for them I think so yeah yeah, yeah I mean, port, it, porting these games they're they're balanced good games porting them is much easier than trying to do something new and I mean if you if you were a kid and only had a 3DS you, you're you're happy that there are more games coming out. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. This is, this is yeah. also like I mentioned before about like booting up my Wii U. Like the Wii U had a mechanism to purchase Nintendo Wii games. Right. Like you could go on there and buy Wii games. You could buy DS games. You can play Phantom Hourglass on your TV like a weirdo. It's <laughs> odd, but it works, right? Because the Wii U has a Wii inside. Yeah, it exactly. It has the and full yeah. hardware, basically. Yeah, so there's, there's a – I had Mario 64 on my Wii U. Like there's a way to access those things. And the Switch doesn't have anything like that right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think in lieu of that um, – they found some way to get some new eyes on some old stuff. And yeah. also, video games have life Video game consoles have life cycles. Yes. And that means they have swan songs. And that means that something, and it had to be someone, and it was almost definitely going to be a Kirby. It's always Kirby. Uh. Had to be, has to show up at the very end of a, of a, a video game console's life cycle to be Goes. Like, this is the last one. And this is going to be Nintendo's probably final first-party offering on, mm-hmm. the, on the 3DS or the DS line in general. And if you missed it on Wii... It's worth saying it is still a fun game. Mm-hmm. All those problems are annoying, but they don't stop it from being extra epic yarn or epic yarn, which is fun. What are they charging for it? Uh, I think forty dollars. So, so that's full price three DS game. I feel like yeah. that's a bit much, which is a lot. And to be fair, there are it isn't just like a couple new modes. Like they did add a fair amount of stuff to this game, and and I appreciate that. Um, it's also hilarious that we're talking about this because I think it very much does signal like the end of the 3ds which is not a bad thing mm-hmm. is as we said it can't it's been out for eight years mm-hmm. it's a one of my favorite systems ever i think still to this day the 2ds that's like the ugly one that doesn't the wedge hold. the doorstop yeah, yeah the doorstop <laughs> 80 dollars for access to the entire 3ds and ds libraries is maybe the best value in video games today mm-hmm. it usually like, has like mario kart built into it too yeah like, it's mm. it's crazy mm-hmm. but you know, it's it's getting to its end. I think the only major game I can think of that is still on the way is Persona Q2, in which June. is coming out in June and came out in like November or September in of last year in Japan. Right. And that's it's, all I can I think, think of. The, the odd thing here is that Nintendo has always had a home console and a handheld. So I think that's why everyone's concerned yeah. and confused. That's mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it is. It's. I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty invigorating to see them firing on all cylinders. You know, with this hyper-focused laser beam, where all of their stuff goes to one platform instead of being spread across a, a multiple amounts of different mechanisms of play. The, the, this definitely. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting there to be this few releases for the 3DS at this point in time, but it definitely points towards. They're they're not going to just have one SKU, one three hundred dollar console. There'll be a smaller switch, right. you know, something that that caters to this this market of people mm-hmm. who don't want to bring that big handheld. I'm always mm-hmm. so nervous bringing that thing on the train with me. The switch, yeah, because yeah. it's so expensive, and yeah, I would like a a cheaper alternative. So if the I switch get robbed, mini. it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I went back to my 3ds, and man, the small screen and the nubby joystick was 
hard to go back yeah. to playing Switch. You I, know? Th- yeah. I still think that system has one more strong holiday season in it if they position it as dirt cheap with an incredibly low-end like line of like accessible 19 or $14 games or something it, like that. They didn't do that with Game bundle. Boy, though. They didn't. The 3DS Classic Bundle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even though they've like significantly and strategically... Uh, downplayed the entire 3D aspect of it. Yeah. And this is another one where, by the way, when Reggie retired, I went back and watched his original pitch video for the 3DS, which was hinged entirely around movies. They were like, mm. 3D movies, you sit around with your family and you wear glasses. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, Avatar made so much money. 3D movies are coming home to Nintendo Switch. What's your favorite 3D movie on Nintendo Switch? Avatar? <laughs> yeah, I'll wait. They uh, don't exist. The Pikmin shorts. <laughs> yeah, they, they they never really became a thing, right? Like, there was, like, some OK Go music videos at the launch. I mean, and- Nintendo came about as close as they could without actually doing it to admitting that the 3D just, like, wasn't great and didn't really fully work. Well, like, and, and I don't well, mean that... it got that, negative I, stigma. Right. Yeah, it wasn't that. It worked I, great. No, no, no. Excuse me. I don't yeah. mean that as in the 3D effect didn't work. Because mm-hmm. the 3D effect, when it worked, it worked, really, it worked well. really, really well and it was very cool. But just the idea of a system built around 3D was like not interesting to people. The, and that's well, why they made the, the 2D. Parents, par- parents were worried, right? Yeah, right? They were negative reports about it not being good for kids. And right. so they first started by putting disclaimers on the boxes, right? Not for kids under 13 yeah. or something like that. It was that. like seven, even. Yeah. Like it was young. Yeah, it, it was, was it, okay. like, like most of the messaging around the 3DS, 2DS, 2DS XL, new 3DS2 XL with the boat grip adapter and the external like oh, yeah. Amiibo support. The outboard motor. <laughs> It got confusing, right? And I had I had sympathy for anybody working retail at the time with a, a parent that came in and was like, what is this? What do I get? But not like really hitting it on the nose that like this had an optional slider on the side mm-hmm. until they just basically kicked that entire feature to the curve. The 2DS mm-hmm. was like, because doctors were saying like if you're eight and under, this will wreck your eyes. Don't look at it. And so that's a tough sell on a system that ultimately has a very giant child demographic yeah. or like a large group of children not it, giant child I think it child. did have parental controls that you could permanently turn off 3D as yeah. well so you like you could just set that and give it to your kid and not worry about it but, but no Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn doesn't even have 3D at all mm-hmm. like they didn't even bother putting that in as an option that's mm-hmm. been the thing with 3DS games for a minute now it's weird it's mm-hmm. weird to see because I as an adult man that doesn't care about my eyes would love <laughs> to put 3D on in that game but they just don't even give it the chance yep. so the 3DS is on its way out but we are still getting Nintendo mobile games on our phones, so maybe that is their plan to move things over to mobile. But one of the things that we just learned from the Wall Street Journal is that Nintendo is limiting spending on its mobile games, which is really great for people like us who play those games and not so great for the developers who are trying to make money and Nintendo's investors. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, um, Nintendo is concerned about being seen as greedy by consumers, and they actually asked um, the creators of Dracula Lost to alter um, drops of rare characters from like the gotcha um, mechanic because people were complaining about them. And you know, if it's easier to get the rare characters, people will spend less money on trying to get these random pulls, right? Because Nintendo cares more about its reputation than money. I love that, yeah. by the way. And <laughs> it's I, crazy. It's, it's, right? it's unheard yeah. of, right? Yeah. In 2019, to have like this AAA first-party developer come out and tell its developers, rein it in on the microtransaction stuff. That is mm-hmm. completely unheard yeah. of nowadays. Like Everyone is moving in the opposite direction of that. Um, but it's awesome because I think ultimately like the consumer loyalty and the goodwill you get from not being nefarious about that mm-hmm. kind of crap is 
just really heartwarming. Mm-hmm. As as long as people know that you're doing that and they have a frame of reference. But you know, Nintendo may also be worried that a lot of its customers moving over from the existing machines are playing their mobile games for mm-hmm. the first time. Maybe aren't heavy mobile game players and doesn't want to turn them off with uh, monetization features like that. I mean, it's they they've done stuff like this before. Remember, the games used to remind you, "Hey, you've played quite enough. Don't you want to take a break?" Right? <laughs> that was nobody did that. They mm-hmm. they started that kind of stuff, and so I think they want to see as a company that is does good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've said it before on the show, Dragalia's Lost Gotcha stuff is the reason I didn't play it for too long. Right? But I mm-hmm. like it. That's totally fair. It's just like it's not what I was interested yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casey, does it have dragons in it? It has all of the dragons. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> but um, so Cy- Cyber Agent, uh, the people who made Dragalia Lost, like Cy Games and Cyber Agent, I guess, are the same company. Um, they said um, Nintendo is not interested in making a large amount of revenue from a single smartphone game, um, said an employee to Wall Street Journal. They said if we managed the game alone, we would have made a lot more. Which is interesting, which is really funny. But <laughs> And he put a little yeah. pinky to his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they actually, um, for the first time in a, a really long time, they reduced their forecast of what they're going to make because Dragalia Loss is making like so little per player, mm. even though Dragalia is making a huge amount as far as Nintendo properties go. Right. Which I thought was just an interesting... So does that mean out. there's a small amount of people spending a ton of money? Probably. There are I mean, the whales. Ga- yeah, yeah, that's how the, those games usually are. Mm-hmm. That Was that Zynga that was just like, oh, we call them whales? Yeah, yeah. I, don't I don't think do they yeah. coined it, but the term whale is somebody who is a hyper-consumer, like somebody who spends a lot of money, like a whale eats a lot, right? Yeah. It's not the nicest term for no, your most... horrible. For your, your just most your treasured customer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, like like a restaurant owner is like, hippos, come in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come on. Pick, like up, everybody pick a better up, name. People come up with like cool names for their most diehard fans. And like you wouldn't be like, well, we're whales. We play this game yeah. a lot. Like call them Bill Gates's or something. <laughs> I, I've been able to resist the the whale transformation for this game. I've only spent $30, but I feel like it was worth it. No, that's totally that's worth a good it. game that I put a, a lot of hours that's, into. That's like a pilot whale. That's like a smaller type of. <laughs> no, that's like, pilot. that yeah. is a, a bottom feeder minnow. <laughs> 30 bucks is not a minnow. Pilot yeah. Whales was a 3DS launch game. You know, Casey, I, I think you're onto something, though. I think, uh, wah, wah, wah. I think bottom feeder is a much better term than whale. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no that's horrible. Our bottom feeders keep us Let's in the just green. get out of the ocean with the whole thing. Like, n- bottom feeders, whales, crabs, just no, stop all of it. They, no, should be, they should be called the prized bluefin tuna. That's the, great. The there you go. Toro, bluefin huh? tuna. Yeah. And then what are they Everybody the wants shrimp tuna. <laughs> With shrimp. Full of mercury. Um, Aw. So, hey, speaking of seafood. um, (laughs) (laughs) No, speaking of seafood, um, Sakurai, uh, I guess, got some food poisoning while working on Smash Ultimate. That was amazing. (laughs) That was a great segment. From oysters he didn't eat is what he said. What? Yeah, he said, Yeah. yeah, I don't know. What's he said he got food poisoning-like symptoms, but he just hadn't eaten anything that made him sick. Flying Which oysters? basically means, like, he worked himself to death. Yeah. Okay, so here's the story. He t- used IV bags to keep himself hydrated to continue working on Smash. Mm-hmm. That's bad. It's so you should scary. take breaks. Yeah. Yes. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not okay with any of that. Yeah. I would have I much preferred a worse Smash Bros. game and Sakurai not having to do that, but maybe I'm in the minority there. Hey, I would have preferred that game get delayed and maybe I could have finished Let's Go Eevee at my first Pokemon game <laughs> instead of like rushing through it as fast as possible to be like, oh, Smash is out in a week. 
I, I go to easily easily played Smash Brothers in March. Easily, I mean, it's ve- it's very on brand for him, right? The the Smash games are just packed full with stuff. Like there's always one more thing, one more reference to a classic Nintendo franchise. So I mean, it's easy to see this this guy doesn't want to go home, right? He wants mm-hmm. to keep on working on this game and make make it good. Thank you for that, but dude, please. We're also we're don't all, get sick. You know, we have this ongoing conversation as an industry and with its fans and developers mm-hmm. and everything about crunch and like how it's it's a negative thing and it's a bad thing and it's not necessarily always imposed by the studio, but it's something that sort of like creeps up on you and maybe a bunch of people do it at the same time without even really thinking about it. Um, everything we've read about Nintendo's company culture is the opposite of that. Like yeah. we've read mm-hmm. that it's it's they have they have you know positive working environments people that work there for a long time a customer survey just went out or like a it was like a employee survey thing went out recently that the average length of time that an employee it stays at nintendo is something like 13 years or Jeez, something. Yeah. it's, it's cool. you know it's, it's a company of like lifers and people want to be there for a long time and they like being there and they leave early and like their ceos take pay cuts when they have bad years and stuff yeah, and so crazy. this feels like this is this yeah. is on so he him. did sakurai did say that he's a freelancer he could choose to leave, and if uh. he if he wanted to, he could probably come in and work once a week. And if, as long as he got things done, Nintendo would be fine with it. Mm-hmm. But he is a workaholic, and yeah. he said he put new restrictions on himself and said, "Oh, like I have to leave at 10 p.m. every day tonight, no matter what, even if I do want to keep working." What I don't get is, has he still looked like 20? He looks <laughs> he looks so young still. Yeah. It's weird, right? He's like, it's like Paul Rudd's disease. Yeah, like, there's like he's a, been the exact same age for 35 years. He's got a painting of himself in the basement that's slowly aging every day. Do you think that's what yeah. it is? There's like something. pretty sure. Okay, pretty sure. And he crawls into it and comes yeah. out a new man every day, yeah. like something weird, fantastical. L- literature kids, read okay. it. Read it. I'm into it. Yeah. But yeah, don't don't work uh, that hard. Yeah, uh, if you are so sick <laughs> that you come become dangerously dehydrated to the point where you need an IV bag, maybe just stay home mm-hmm. and drink some water and Gatorade. Or Pokari Sweat if you're in Japan. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Pokari Sweat. Yeah. Um, My favorite salty drink. It's a horrible it's name for something salty. that's pretty good. It does taste uh, salty. I didn't think it tasted salty. It's like salty. that weird like isotonic sweet. salty flavor. It's like bubble salt. Like Dasani water, but with flavor? No. Dasani has it tastes salt like added. Pits. I don't know. <laughs> what are we talking about? Pokari uh, Sweat? Pokari Sweat. You haven't had Pokari Sweat? An electrolyte sports hydration drink. sports drink. Gotcha. That yeah. you drink when you're sick or mm-hmm. working out. It tastes like it tastes like licking an <laughs> armpit. Everyone go to Pakari Sweat and yeah. judge it on your own. Okay. <laughs> you can find it at your it. local Japanese supermarket. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So we do have some news. Actually, we have quite a bit of news. But first, um, Trine 4, The Nightmare Prince is announced. It's going to yeah. come out fall 2019 on the Switch. Tom, are you a fan of Trine? Yeah. When was the last time you heard an indie game get a 4 after the name? Jesus. Like, I'm trying to think of yeah. the last indie game that made it to 4. Hmm. Oh man, that's a really good question. Yeah, I'm that, excited. Trump's let us great. know in the comments. Ge- yeah. Ge- Gears of War. Fourth installment. Gears of, yeah, oh, it's an independent <laughs> developer. Notable indie right. game, Gears of War. <laughs> Fine. No, Trine's great. They're three player or just one player where you switch between them platformers that are phys- physics-y, puzzly based, and they're all real fun and they're real good and, and they're, beautiful. They're gorgeous. They're really too. lovely. I, I played this game on Wii U. You played mm. Trine. I, try, I played a Trine game. Two. two. Was it two back this then? This game yes. looks so pretty and charming. Yeah. They, they, it looks, I mean, and it's weird to say this, but like it doesn't look overly revolutionary to the Trine concept or anything. Like it looks new and better, but yeah, uh, yeah I don't really care. It's just Trine, Trine is really good games. It doesn't need to be revolutionized, and I'm, I'm excited for more. Always fun multiplayer games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's like a side 
scrolling puzzle gauntlet kind of game, right? It's, Where you have like the different character classes, but yeah, more more focused on uh, on using your powers. Yeah. And uh, less charming, more scary, Friday the 13th, the game Ultimate Slasher Switch Edition, that's actually what it's called, um, is coming to Switch uh, this spring. Mm-hmm. I, I New rule. I yeah. think that if your game name at 18-point font is longer than the Switch is wide, you've got to <laughs> cut it down. Yeah. That's that's my rule. New rule. So did, did you guys play this? I haven't played it. So it's it, it was a really good idea. And it was really fun to play, but not because the game was so well designed, because it was so glitchy. It was it was super <laughs> janky, and yeah. sort of they sort of leaned into it. Um, my friend Ryan Scott, who used to work here at IGN and at GameSpy, got insanely into this game and can like he could John he, Ryan could write a book about <laughs> oh, the like, like the spawning locations and all of the enemy AI patterns. He just got super into it. Uh, this this it definitely found its community. That said. Um, I think the best God, the best ways to play this game really hinge on po- strong communication skills and voice <laughs> chat and a uh, bunch of other things that the Switch is not really notable for. Mm. So. It's also the second one v however many horror film killer movie game that we're getting now. Which yeah. Dead by Daylight was also announced recently. And yep. when Dead by Daylight first came out, people were like, "Oh, it's basically like a Friday the Thirteenth game." And then Friday the Thirteenth the game was announced, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's literally Friday the Thirteenth <laughs> game." So, but uh, I, I have a feeling this will have the built-in chat. Yeah. I don't think they'll use Nintendo's app. I think we'll hear more. This month is the Game Developers Conference. I think we'll hear more more about chat middleware and other middleware for the Nintendo Switch. And I, I God, I hope this is not just D-pad commands yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff. Because screaming is half the fun in this game. Yeah, there's a there's two games right now that use direct voice chat on Switch. I think it's Fortnite and Warframe. Mm-hmm. Maybe correct me if I'm Definitely wrong if there's Fortnite. another one out there. Yeah. But That's cool. Yeah, I hope it. I hope it comes out and it's still good. And we have voice chat, but we also have a Turok Dinosaur Hunter Turok. Nintendo 64 game. This is coming to Switch out of nowhere in, on so March good. 18th. March 18th. Yes, and it's 20 bucks, I believe. Um, and Turok 2 is coming, but there was no details on that. 20 the details. On, 20 is too much. 20 is a lot. Uh, the details on this game were the original like promo copy details from like 1997. <laughs> Back of the box. Which was like, oh, a, a fully a fully 3D world and you can move in any direction. Mm-hmm. So if those things interest you in this year, <laughs> uh, you'll love this game. This is a really weird one. This is one of the first games I bought when I was a kid with my own money that I knew was not great. But I still enjoyed it. <laughs> what? Like while I was playing, I really liked it when it came out. Also, you have no idea how foggy this game was. It when is it first so came foggy. <laughs> it, it still is foggy, by the way. And yeah. when, when you, if you're watching but this year video, it wasn't running at this uh, resolution. Obviously, uh-huh. when it came out, it looked pretty blurry too. But I love that it, it it was locked. The frame rate was just really good. Yeah, and they. They basically got to that frame rate by limiting your field of vision and Turok really is, reducing it. To me, synonymous was with my time of first becoming an IGN fan mm-hmm. because IGN 64 would cover games like this and no one else would. And I would turn on my computer and after connecting through a phone cable 14 minutes later, I would read Nintendo64.com. 
or IGN 64, whatever your dumb website was called back then. <laughs> <laughs> and you would have articles about Both. like, you'd be like, oh, this this Native American dinosaur hunter has yeah. traveled through time and there's a gun that steals brains. And I'm yeah. like, this sounds awesome. Based on I a comic book. I saved up like 90 bucks and I bought it and I was like, this is a weird bad game, but I'm oh. going to keep playing it. I don't know. You sold me anyway. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it, it definitely is super dated. When yeah. you play it now, it's like you get lost. The, there's some platforming that's not well executed, like the bonus levels and stuff. But... It it really popularized the Jesse Ventura minigun mm-hmm. um, in games. Like the weapons are awesome in this game, and the dinosaurs and the the way the creatures look is really cool. Um, fun fact: um, I own both the uh, U.S. and the German version because of the violence against humans. The German version was altered, and all of the humans are robots. <laughs> Amazing! I, and they make like robot noises when you kill them and stuff. It's great. I love that. that. Yeah, I love that. Just, uh, just for some a little bit of historical context to anybody looking at this game coming. Out on Switch in 2019 and going, why? Well, uh, this is a studio called Night Dive, and basically this is what they do. Like they just get the licenses to older games that you can't buy anymore or don't work on modern PCs or, com- or systems, and they fix them up. They don't remaster yeah. them. They don't yep. fix them or like change them. They just they make them work well, and then resell them. And they're doing it to System Shock One or they're remastering System Shock One right now. Weird. And they're doing some other things. They're they're a great studio I, that just does this for a living, basically. I hope and I hope to Rock Two though gets run smoothly. That that game, mm-hmm. if you played it in high res on the N sixty four, it just chugged to the point where. You know, it wasn't enjoyable in, yeah. in some of the parts. And if that they use, get this to run smoothly, that was actually a really good game with some really disgusting weapons. Yeah, no, totally. Remember um, the brain bore thing? Cerebral bore? Yeah, the cerebral bore. I remember that being one of the coolest weapons of all time when I was a kid. Like uh, it follows you and drills into your brain? Oh, when God. when Metroid Prime comes out, and to this day when people talk about Metroid Prime, they talk about how it revolutionized that sort of jump from that franchise to 3D and the jump between first person and third person. But what that game did really well was platforming in first person. And the reason it felt so good was because it wasn't Turok. Mm-hmm. Turok, when you jump on things in that game, which it makes you do a lot more than it has any You look to, forward, yeah. It's, it's weird and broken. You don't know where you're going to land and you die all the time. Can't see your feet. Yeah. Um, but this is a weird one. In lieu of like a dedicated virtual console, I think people are going to kind of yep. backdoor a bunch of weird games like this. So there it is. So we have another old game coming. I know, Tom, Did you, you added this. Yes, I did. So I'm really excited about this. Aeon of Ruin? Wrath Aeon of Ruin or Eon of... I don't know how to say it. A-E-O-N. Okay, I was hoping you would word. correct me, but this, yeah. this is fine. Uh, this, this got announced <laughs> as of published Thursday morning. So this okay. just got announced. Uh, it's a new game from 3D Realms, which is the creators <laughs> of Duke Nukem. It is made... In the Quake 1 engine. It is a brand new FPS made in an engine made in 1996. Wow. So they made a game called Ion Maiden a couple years ago. Or no, 2017 it came out in early access, I believe. And it's a shooter made in the Build engine, which was the game that Duke Nukem, the engine that Duke Nukem 3D was made in. Right. Pseudo 3D, right? Yeah. And basically, 3D Realms was like, well, we made a. 2D 3D game. Now we can do 3D models, and they just like moved on to the next engine chronologically. Wow! Um, and I played it, and it's really silly and fun. It is a Quake style, really fast shooter. It's coming out on PC in the summer. Is it brown? Uh, it's very brown and gray. Good, but they added more colors. The thing is, like, the <laughs> funny thing is, it can do the engine can do a lot that it couldn't do when hardware sucked or when hardware was 20 years like mm. younger. Yeah. So. The game actually on PC 
is capped at 666 frames per second <laughs> because if they didn't cap it at that on modern machines, it would run at a thousand plus frames per second. Even uh, a pilot whale can't see that many pilot frames. Pilot whale. <laughs> and that, um, that was a, that struggled to run on 3DS at launch. Yeah. It's it's a when fun. It never came out so this is this paid. is a pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> this is a pretty cool fun uh, Quake game, Quake like game. Uh, weirdly, it's coming out on PC this summer, but it's coming to Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. At the early 2020, they said. Sure, oh, bring wow. it on. So we don't know when exactly, hmm. but there's going to be a Quake 1, 1996 and en- Quake 1 engine game on Switch. That That's great. New. I love that. It's That's very awesome. weird and cool. Totally into it. Keep an mm-hmm. eye on it. So, hey, another old game news. We talked about Resident Evil coming to the Switch last week, mm-hmm. and we just learned some extra information about the pricing. That's right. Uh, <laughs> in typical NVC fashion, about eight seconds after we recorded last week's episode, <laughs> we got the pricing on the uh, ports of Resident Evil Remake, Resident Evil Zero, and Resident Evil 4 coming to Switch, and they are all $30 each, which is ridiculous. That is $10 <laughs> more than any of those games uh, were when they appeared on literally every other console and platform just a few years ago. Um, and I'm kind of bummed about that. And like I said last week, uh, this is not one of those like um, things that's happening because the Switch has that switch tax when things get ported yeah, the port, to, it's the port tax the port tax right mm-hmm. when and it's usually because it something gets a physical copy on switch and to make up for the fact that they're putting out in that tiny card and they're making a box and everything like that uh they bump the price up a little bit resident evil 4 is never coming out physically or if it is it's not announced right now um it's a digital only game and resident evil zero and one are on one cart and one is a download and zero is there so the switch tax thing falls apart. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I think this is Capcom going, can we get away with this? And me going, yes, Aww. but with two middle fingers up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm mad about it because I know I'm going to buy Resident Evil 4 because it's my, one of my favorite games yeah. of all time. And I can't not have it on Switch, portable for the first time in, in Resident Evil 4 history. Um, but it just sucks. You've had a handle. Yeah, I guess. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe they're putting this extra tax on Resident Evil so that they can get funding to make a Monster Hunter Switch game. That's a weird. That's not going to happen. That's kind of like but Robin Peter to pay really, Paul, really connected that well back to dragons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. The thing is, like, we haven't really figured out how feature rich these ports are. They might just be drag and drops from like the PC version or even the GameCube handle version. So we'll see. Um, but right now, we don't know a lot. We do know they're expensive, and I do know I'm going to begrudgingly buy at least. Of course you will, because I'm stupid and I'm part of the problem. And I'm sorry. Aww. And also, real quick, before we move on to games out now and out this week, um, just PSA, you have just a couple of days left to download the Damon X Machina um, demo. So if you're interested in playing that and giving your feedback, go and download it now. But hey, there's some games out now. There's uh, Deltarune, Anodyne, Swords and Soldiers 2, Shawarmageddon. Shawarmageddon. And Valley. And I think Ape Out. Ape out. It's one out. of the best of the bunch. That, I mean, that's my favorite this week. Yeah, so. for sure. It came's a really good time. So it yeah. came. It came out on February twenty eighth, and it has an eight point eight score. So, eight, which is great. Eight point eight. Eight point eight. Eight. Gosh, <laughs> did, say that six times fast. Did you? You played it on Switch or yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is, I, I think it's ape on the IGN scale, right? Yes. Ape. I really, really like this, and you guys know I'm not a fan of. Random levels, procedural stuff. Uh, I'm not a big roguelike player. I really like this because the way the levels are remixed is is fairly like you have a definite kind of progression through the levels mm-hmm. as you get to the next chapter. New enemies are introduced, and so it it feels like you're making progress. I I, I love that sort of um, setup. Mm-hmm. Um, this game is all about feel. Yeah, 
and yeah. sound and how the feel of the game and the sound and the reactions all like come together. It just feels so good. So yeah. it looks like a top down action game where you're playing an orange gorilla. That's and right. Attacking people with guns and in turning this, them to shoot other people. And very stylized um, graphics. You have two actions. You can smash somebody, like punch somebody, make him fly against a wall and burst into like blood spurts. Mm-hmm. Or you can grab things. So you can grab an enemy, hold them, and basically use their weapons for a limited time against others. Or you can uh, you can grab a metal thing off the wall, use it as a sheet, and throw it at people. That's basically it and Mm -hmm. all the fun comes in in that really kind of almost like improv jazz score that plays when you play it yeah so good we're not talking about this game this game's music at the end of the year around like 2019 game of the year stuff yeah then it has been an absurd year for music Mm -hmm. and games because this soundtrack is so cool it It feels and sounds like just freeform improvisational jazz that you could be hearing in a club yeah but it is all tied directly to your actions and the things that are going on on That's screen. Really cool. the, so it's neat. like having a little man sitting next to you with a drum kit and like yeah. scoring your game as yeah. you play. And so, like you said, it's improvisational jazz, but the cymbal crashes are timed specifically to the murders that you do to the scientists. <laughs> and it's like it never stops being incredibly rewarding because you're this ape that escapes from prison yep. and you just start tearing apart these dudes. And every time you do it, there's this just... And it's just so damn cool because their blood explodes all over the wall. But it's all—it's also like really minimalist somehow. Yeah, very minimalist. Super um, minimalist. It ties the music theme ties in. Like yeah. the levels are basically like records, and it, mm-hmm. it's just like really, really cool surprise. A game that I didn't think I would like. I absolutely love. Yep. I'll have to check it out. So we have a lot of games on the list and not a whole lot of time. So I want to skip ahead to games out this week. Maybe not now, but Kirby's Epic Yarn. We already talked about that. Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn is out on March 8th on the 3DS, but also Assault Android Cactus Plus is out on March 8th on the Switch. Mm-hmm. I know, Perry, you were playing that, Brian? I am too, yeah. yeah I really dig game. it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, cool. it's it's really fun. Um, it's it, it it kind of like style wise reminded me of Jet Force Gemini, like that kind of mm. um, kind of cute style with funny characters and and storytelling around kind of like an antihero, somebody's not really great at their job but is. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's basically it's just a crazy kind of room based twin twin stick shooter. Yeah, I like it a lot because the uh, the bullet waves like sort of automatically magnetize to the enemy patterns that you're attacking, so you have to sort of selectively figure out where you want to sway that. Um, you're also managing certain energy meters and batteries and stuff like yep. that. So there's this push and pull and ebb and flow of whether or not you should grab a power up or go all in on a boss. Um, and it gets really tough. Yeah. Um, and I dig it. And it grades your score. It's like just kind of really brutal old school action stuff. And I, I definitely dig it a lot. Yep. There's, there's a lot going on. This is one of those games that uh, clearly has been play tested to death, right? Like they, to the ends of the earth and back, they did so many little things to refine just the experience and how you flow through the game. That is just it's wonderful. When when this when this first came out uh, back on PC and like years ago, it was this huge topic amongst indie developers yeah. and game developers, basically being like, "Yo, not many people are playing this right now, but it is." It's something else, yeah. else, and it's something worth paying attention to, and mm-hmm. I think it continues to be. Yeah, yeah. I hope it gets okay. it, it gets a new set of eyes on Switch. 
So did you want to talk about any games you're playing before we move on to questions? Yeah, I really like, so there were a couple. Um, I, I, I'm really liking Swords and Soldiers 2, if you haven't played that. The mm-hmm. first one just came out. We talked a little bit about it. And so we don't have to go into too much depth. And yes, it's Schwermageddon. The sheep were <laughs> stolen from the Schwermer shack or something. But you're playing, as, uh, you're playing as Vikings and you can actually play um, split screen against each other, two players. So you can play online. And it's, it's like a tower defense game where you basically send units uh, into battle. And you know you have to kind of produce countermeasures to what your opponent is doing. Two D um, tower defense, right? Two like D tower side, side scrolling tower, tower defense. Yeah. Like you don't have like pathing like you'd have in an overview uh, overhead one. Um, but it's you know it's got a kind of goofy sense of humor. It's really well made, like a really quality game. It's really colorful and cute too. Yep. Yeah. What's the, what what is the story like? Nonsense. Nonsense. Cool. <laughs> Come on. I'm into like, it. Like it is really about shawarma. Okay, and it's yeah. out now. Yep. You can play that game March first. Now, so there were so many games that we did not touch upon, but I did mention them. So look them up if you're interested. Anodyne is yeah. worth a look. Like if yeah. you like a Zelda-like kind of eight-bit oh, yeah, take off. It's, it's rated really M fun. for yeah. mature. Mm-hmm. It's rated M for mature. It is mature. Is you, you have a broom. It looks like Mother, like Earthbound. But mm-hmm. yeah, you have a broom instead of a sword and people make fun of that oh, all the time. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Deltarune is also out, which is free, and it's the first chapter of a full game from the person who made Undertale. So definitely check that out as well because yep. it's free. So, no, let's do a game that some people don't agree is a game called Question Block. Oh, that's not a game. Game of the year. That that game. It is the game of the year. It's the game of every year. It's definitely a game during the year, but might not even be a game at all. So if you do have questions, you can reach us on our Facebook (laughs) forum, um, Nintendo um, Voice Chat Podcast forums on Facebook. Gosh, I've said Facebook so many times. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Facebook.com. Our first question Facebook. comes from, from Phil Mansfield. He says, with Tara coming to Switch, what other third-party Nintendo 64 games would you like to see follow it? Ooh, Blast Core, but that will never happen. What is Blast Core? It's an awesome game from Rare. Oh. It's, hey, I had another awesome. I, you mentioned it already. Yeah. Jeff vs. Gemini was mine. Yeah. So mm-hmm. another it's, one that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's hard to not name rare stuff and Nintendo stuff. When yeah. Like, you know, You're thinking about, about 64. the N64. But, yeah. But N64, I mean, the, the, some of the great developers of today, like Sucker Punch, got their start there with Rocket uh, Robot on Wheels, which nobody played. I'd love to see some of those games coming back. Shadow Man was from the uh, the Iguana guys, I think, in, in, in the UK. Yep. Um, Shadows. A, not like Turok, another comic book franchise. Yeah, and that's one. That's another one that, like, you know, is not great, but it's got a lot yep. of really cool stuff going for it. Some good um, Top Gear games on the machine. Beetle uh, Adventure Racing. Beetle Adventure Super Racing. I brought game. that in the other day. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, in the that's office. a classic. Um, I don't even know Pro what that race is. driver. That that game gets kind of slept on when people talk about like N sixty four racing games and kart racing games. Everybody always says Mario Kart and Diddy Kong yep. and stuff like that. Beetle Adventure Racing is really good. Uh, Shadows of the Empire, Star Wars. Mm. It's not a great game. Um, and I always Star Wars. But yeah. it's Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, he, he said, is. He's a boss fight. He said third party. I, I should clarify some of the rare games. Are obviously, second party. Yeah. Um, yeah. They are third party games. Oh God, they were yeah, some Silicon Space Station Silicon Valley from DMA. Oh. The makers. makers of Lemmings and GTA. Shake, shake. Mischief yeah. Makers, which is a treasure action platforming side scroll early game. Yeah. One of the only 2D games on the N64 yeah. because people were terrified of 2D games. I think Nintendo uh, published that here as yeah, Mischief Three Makers. Three people in the right. audience understood that Shake Shake reference. But yeah. mm-hmm. yes. It's what oh. you say in Mischief Makers. Sorry. Oh, shake right. the dude. Right. I totally forgot. Only one game needs to come over. What? Ogre Battle 64. Of course. <laughs> Jesus. I totally forgot. We have not seen a, a great Ogre Battle game like that since then. We could also get that's one tactics. of the only ways we could get Resident Evil 2 on Switch. Oh, yeah, there you go. Outside of like some weird cloud based Japanese yeah. streaming thing. 
There you go. We want all of the 64 games. We want them all. <laughs> Our next question comes from Keaton John Armstrong. And he says, if the rumors of Game Pass on Switch are true and Microsoft exclusives being playable on Switch, do you think Nintendo would play ball on allowing some Nintendo first party to play on Xbox as well? Or what other benefits could Nintendo possibly give Xbox back with this new sort of partnership between them? The benefits are money. Yes. <laughs> and I do not think Nintendo will let first party games like Zelda or Mario be played on another console. No, I would I would not be surprised and this is just me speculating, but I would not be surprised if this is a very one-way street if this happens mm-hmm. because it's Xbox it's it's very in the style of what Microsoft and Xbox have been doing of Xbox isn't a console anymore. It's a platform. It's a it's a whole ecosystem. It's an mm-hmm. idea, man. Yeah, <laughs> as, as hippie as that is, yeah. 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 But like they they've been doing this with bringing all of their Xbox exclusives to PC and and even uh, giving you the PC version free if you buy the Xbox yeah. one, right? Yeah. And that was that was a thing where when they announced that they were going to do that like three or four years ago, everyone was like, "Yeah, we'll see." Like, and mm-hmm. they've been doing that. Yeah. They've been doing a very good job of that, and I think hopefully have been seeing positive results from that uh, so I think that this is probably a one-way road in that it's Xbox and Microsoft being very interested about bringing their stuff to Switch rather than Nintendo courting them and trying to cut some deal and this is Microsoft is I'm sure really really worried about Google right mm-hmm. Google has project stream you'll hear more about that this month again from the game developers conference that is and and possibly a box too that is uh, a a way to stream games much more efficiently to any device and nvidia has a a service like this nintendo has one playstation has one xbox has one everybody is jockeying for this position to become a netflix of gaming right and microsoft probably said let's open it up it's not going to just be on our xbox box it's going to be on every machine and let's see if we can bring it to this handheld too and frankly, I think they'll sell a lot of Game Passes that aren't like losses of Xbox sales yeah. for Switch owners, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of people who own Switches are not going to buy Xboxes ever, but would subscribe to Game Pass potentially. Yep. And then the nice thing about the uh, the Switch is that it is not a 4K screen. And so Nintendo, uh, Microsoft still has this upsell where they say, well, if you want to see what Forza looks like in right. 4K, you got to buy yourself an Xbox One X um, or, or a high-end PC, obviously. Um, so I, th- I think it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Huh? See what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. So from our good friend, Zachary Ryan. Hey, Zach. Oh. Hi. Yes. Long-time listener. First-time writer. My question is for Brian. When can we expect the triumphant return of Link Together? You can expect the triumphant return of Link Together when Nintendo puts out Link's Awakening and I do one full playthrough by myself first without anyone else bothering me. (laughs) And then afterwards, I do one with Zach where we play one of my favorite games of all time incorrectly, terribly, and frustratingly until it's completed. Sounds like a wonderful party. (laughs) We're all looking forward to I was supposed to print out a picture of Zach since this is our last video show for a while. um, And I forgot to do that. So if you're listening at home, please Google young George Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Love you, Zach. (laughs) Carl Reeves asks, hey, Brian and co., do you guys think that Link's, Link's Awakening Remaster is going to have a physical release or eShop only? I'm a physical release guy and have never played it, but eShop only is going to make me less likely to want to pick it up. I think seeing it as it's a first-party title and it's one of their flagship franchises, it'll absolutely get both a physical and an eShop release. I will buy both, even though I Maybe don't even buy a physical. Maybe even a collector's edition. And a collector's edition. It'll probably a get a collector's edition with like a Game Boy hat or something. No, it's got the real egg in it. 
It's got the real egg yeah. in it. Can you <laughs> can you sit on it and like be like the mother of wind you fish? can? <laughs> I won't. I'm gonna keep my real egg. You're not. You, I'm, you're not sitting on my egg. Okay. I mean that that <laughs> that little link is like got to be designed for an amiibo oh, or a plushie. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want yeah, it all. Yeah. Make everything. Make it all. Yeah. Give it all to me. I'll I want the all. I want the Link's Awakening Chain Chomp amiibo, yep. please. Mm. Yep. If you guys make like, if it's like there's like a exclusive collector's edition thing that's only out in like South America. I'm buying it. I'll hunt it down. I'll get everything. I need it all. I love this game. It's my favorite. You're gonna it. you're gonna be so frustrated. What? Because those things will always sell out when you're asleep. Like South America, it's like it's like tomorrow there right now. I'll, I'll You'll be like so I'll behind. Wake up, go on eBay, throw money. They will have problem. bought it Everyone, before you. Um, so take turn, food out of my kids' mouth. You're just gonna mouth. have to yep. put your your Twitter notifications on, and then when it comes out, everyone just relentlessly tweet at Brian. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. Problem when, solved. When, Let him know when when the egg is available for sale in South America. <laughs> tweet at me. <laughs> I'm sitting on that egg. <laughs> we'll have to do an unhatching video. No. All right. On that note, that's about all the time we have for today for Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo Show. Remember, you can catch us on still on YouTube, Spotify. Um, I uh, what are, are everyone we are lowering our chairs. Everyone's shrinking. Everyone went lower in their chairs. I'm going to sitting here. on his egg. Right? I'm taking. <laughs> I've got the high road, and I'm staying here. <laughs> Go for it. But um, you can still catch us on Thursday at 3 p.m. on YouTube, Spotify, like Apple. We're just going to roll everything out at the same time on Thursdays from now on. So Ooh, no one will have to wait earlier NVC. Earlier NVC. Thursdays at 3 p.m. That's great. Um, so, you know, stick here. Friday commute saved. Yeah. Friday <laughs> commute saved. So thank you so much for watching. Again, this is NVC, IGN's Nintendo podcast. Please stick with us. Come back next week. And thanks. Happy birthday, Switch. Bye. We love okay, you guys. I guess I'll. I guess I'll. Bye. Okay. We're, we're, we'll always be here like Obi-Wan. Get the thing. Like, we're not gone. Oh, yeah. This is also the only place you can get the thing. That's right. Get the thar. We're so tiny. <laughs>